0: I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. This is Jeff Dawson for another episode of Dawson's Domain from a very partly cloudy and cool Dallas, Texas. And give me just a minute because this is the start of the Army-Navy game, which is the greatest spectacle. And it's not a spectacle, but it's the greatest game. Because these men and women represent us, the people, the United States of America. It is such a beautiful sight to see all these men and women in uniform saluting, standing, and paying honor to this great country. they don't care about creed or race they care about our country
1: so give me just a minute what a great sight that is a great sight okay
0: You just you just have to take that in. When they sing the Star Spangled Banner, it really fills your heart with pride knowing that they are going to put their lives on the line to protect our freedoms and liberties, and they do it selflessly and with great respect. So I want to get into the first thing, which is...
1: The book review
0: of Bob Dole. I read this probably eight years ago. And it, the the great thing is Bob wrote this book. Harper Collins published it, but Bob wrote it. And if you haven't read this and don't know much about Bob Dole, I highly recommend that you pick up a copy. My my review is as follows, an interesting work to say the least. Mr. Dole does an excellent job in describing how his difficult journey of recovery started when severely wounded by shrapnel on Hill 193 on April 5th, 1945 in Italy.
1: And think about that. In one month, the war is going to be over. In one month. And he gets
0: severely wounded. His details of the event aren't sugar-coated or dramatized. I felt empathy for him as he lay on the cold, hard Italian soil bleeding out for six hours, waiting on the medics to transport him to an aid station. Why so long? The first two medics dispatched to help the wounded were killed, rendering aid to other fallen comrades. Imagine lying on the ground paralyzed, not knowing if you were going to live or die. That pretty well sums up the book. It is a story of hope and healing. And I mean, that part where he talks about it, and he's pinned down by German snipers. And he's watching these men trying to come help him, and they're getting shot. And he can't move. He cannot move. And even when they get him back, they weren't sure if he'd survive. There are two main themes running through this work, family and God and country. Well, that would be three, Jeff. He grew up in Russell, Kansas, of which I'm very familiar with since I had a bad accident up there in 92. Bob talks about how humble humble and helpful the people in this part of the country are, even to strangers. I can attest to that fact. It's true because the accident that I was involved in. I mean, those people rendered a lot of bait, a hell of a lot more than my in-laws did. I'll get into that in a minute. But, uh, I mean, people were stopping. I had plowed into the back of a car because I couldn't see it. They were towing. This couple was towing a car to their daughter, to Hayes, where she was going to college. It didn't have lights on. It was like six o'clock in the morning. It was really foggy. And the next thing I know, the vehicle I'm driving is doing a 360. But those people stopped a bunch of them to make sure that all of us were okay. They called for emergency vehicles, and that was good. No matter how difficult he believed the situation was, his faith never wavered when he looked around at the other 11,000 wounded soldiers in Mercy Hospital in Battle Creek, Michigan. I enjoyed his comparisons to the generation of this day and how resilient they were compared to our current generations. Money was always a concern, but it didn't drive their lives. It was required to help provide for a family, but it wasn't what they lived for. Love, hope, faith, and family were the reasons for living. Tell me that message has been diluted for the following generations. Yeah, it has. This is very evident when President Clinton appointed him to the chair of the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C., Many of his fellow veterans retired from their prominent corporate positions, replaced by younger men and women who didn't see the value in the project. Yes, he was a bit flabbergasted, as recalls why he and his fellow soldiers fought for the freedom these new corporate magnates shunned. Their reply, it was old history. That statement really hits home.
1: Old history. These are Bob's words. Old history. You think we're not seeing that today?
0: It's not old history. It is the history that has shaped our nation. And it made us a superpower. Old history indeed. This is why we are making the mistakes today. Because they don't want to remember the past. Yeah, I'm talking about liberals and their stupidity. At times I thought I was reading the memoirs of Dwight D. Eisenhower and Lucian Truscott. Both of these men grew up in the heartland of America and went on to serve their country during and after World War II. They, like Bob, didn't grow up with riches. Their riches were God, family, country, and hard work. The only drawback is the editing. I'm very disappointed with HarperCollins. At times, I felt they had assigned a minimum number of pages for the book and kept repeating information and used way too many filler words. The most glaring was had, but I could tell they used it so the copy editing was easier. Very sad. I level, no fault on Mr. Dole. He wrote his story. He submitted it to them. And then they did what they do. And who will enjoy this? Those who truly appreciate the sacrifice this country's greatest generation performed so millions of people could enjoy the pursuits of life, liberty, and freedom. I mean, that sums up his book. It is brilliant. And it will remind you of a country where, despite political parties, because remember America was, the United States was, as far as voting goes, a democratic nation, the Democratic Party. I mean, Roosevelt was elected four times, but these people could see past that crap. they saw what was at stake. And what was at stake was the freedom of the world. And they came together. And they took on Germany, Japan, and Italy and crushed them to let them know never again. And then we walk into the Cold
1: War. But, you know, Bob Dole, what a... He was a gentleman. As many of these men and women were from this
0: time. There, there's, yeah, Brokoff did that book, Our Greatest Generation, which there are some really good stories in there. I've read that book and I enjoyed it. But how did we get from our grandparents and parents
1: to today? It's appalling. I have never seen
0: a generation so hell-bent on trying to tear everything down. That's good about this country. These people can find nothing good about it. All they want to do is bitch and moan and complain and carry on about everything that's wrong with America. Then get the hell out. I'm sick of it. Absolutely Sick out! If you think there's a better country, pack your bags and get the hell out rapidly. Sit here and bitch and moan about it. And what really gets me is these people that are extremely wealthy that are bitching and moaning about how evil capitalism in the United States is. Then go elsewhere, seek life
1: elsewhere. It's not this country isn't for you. You are bastardizing it with your bullshit. It really is that simple.
0: You know, I'm I watch this Army Navy game. I think of the men and women that have sacrificed so much for this country, this young because it is still a young country versus all the other
1: countries in the world. And it's still evolving. But it's a hell of a lot better
0: than what Europe's went through. Look at all the wars that have torn Europe apart for centuries. Russia's in there. Asia's in there. Africa's in there. The only one that gets a pass is Antarctica. Who the hell wants to take over Antarctica anyway? How is it those countries have been around for centuries? We've been around for a couple and became the, not one, but the greatest country on this planet, have given more help and more aid to those who needed. have come to the rescue of those who couldn't defend themselves. And all we do is get shit on, not only by those that we go and help, but by the people that actually live here, leave. We're sick of it. Whether you're a liberal or conservative or independent, pack
1: your bags and seek life elsewhere. Because we are fed up. Absolutely fed up with this crap. And the media doesn't help it at all. So, I didn't mean to get
0: that disturbed but i'm very passionate about this and the more i think about it the madder i get it just irritates the hell out of me and i i'm not going to be like these anchors on fox or anything else and any other stations and tell some smart ass stupid
1: joke because there's nothing funny about this there is nothing funny about trying to tear down the
0: greatest democracy the world has ever seen, the greatest economy the world has ever seen, the most inventive country the world has ever seen. Now, let's just keep bashing it for everything that it's done wrong. Well, maybe we should have stayed home. Maybe men like Bob Dole should have had to spend two to three years in a hospital rehabbing from an injury so that others could live free.
1: Or the other 217,000 that died. Maybe we
0: should have stayed isolated. Bullshit. It's not what Americans do.
1: They stand up for just causes. And why these idiots can't see that is beyond me. Okay. If... uh, The number to
0: call into the show is 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. You can listen to it on iHeartRadio at 631-359-9353. Now, this is a paid station. I pay for these broadcasts.
1: I need subscribers. I know they've been working on their... uh, Oh, what's the term? They've been working on some coding issues for like three or four months. BBS
0: radio has. And they've they've had some hiccups and things like that. But then
1: when you change the system and you want to add new. Uh, oh, shit. I just lost my thought. Add new features. It causes problems. And I just got a note
0: that it will be done by next Friday. And we'll be able to put all the commissions together next week. Well, that's progress. I mean, Doug and Don have been fighting this since they they launched this back in the summer. And you run into challenges. They ran into challenges, unexpected challenges. Being in construction 35 years, I can relate to that. Not everything goes as planned. Some people... That say they can perform things don't perform. I um, understand that. I've been there. So in the subscriptions, I mean two ninety nine, five ninety nine, nine ninety nine. I'm not sure what the new format is going to look like, but uh, that's what will keep this show alive. Now I have had donations in the last month or so, and they have all been, believe me, muchly appreciated because my living now is doing this show. Selling my books on Amazon, selling Herbalife, and giving these consulting seminars on management training for my book, Cutting to the Chase. So I've got five streams, and I just got to get them all working, and then life will be good. It just takes time and patience, and I am a man of a lot of patience. Unless I get pissed off, and then I'm going to kick your ass, but that's okay. And there's also, I still have my GoFundMe for the motivational speaker and author for hire. So there are plenty of ways to support my work. And I write some really damn good articles. You can catch all of them on my blog at lddjenterprises.com. And one of these days, one of these brilliant News station is going to read one and say, "Hey, he really isn't just a regular dumbass. He's a smart dumbass." Or as Patty would say, "A useful asshole." Thank you, Miss Barry. Yes, I'm going to be nice to you. And it was Friday night, so it was a Dunstans night. And if you if you're in the Dallas area and you've never eaten there, great atmosphere. Laid back, good pricing. Um, I'm enjoying their grilled catfish. That's really a good dish, and it's really not that expensive. eleven ninety five, I think. <clears throat> but you're good to go. That's all there is to it. So who was at dinner? Well, Jerry and Patty were there. God, I had to sit next to her last night. You want to talk about painful? No, I'm just kidding, Patty uh westford was there and a person we hadn't seen in a while mr lee sturt made an appearance he has been quite busy with family of late and it was good for him to drop by and uh knock down a couple of cold ones and then our server tabitha and brandon they had things well in hand. And that was really about it. I spent most of them. Oh, uh, Tamara and her son were there. I don't believe I had met them before. I could have, but her son was wearing the appropriate shirt. And for those that have the video feed, yes, that's Oklahoma State. And that's the shirt he was. He was wearing a OSU sweatshirt. So he was stylish.
1: And that was fun. It was a fun evening. Just relaxed and uh, took in the night. Uh,
0: I've mentioned this in the last couple of shows, the Woodall Foundation. And this is Becky and Daniel Woodall. They go to Moldova every year, at least once, if not twice, and minister and teach sign to the deaf, they do God's work. That's all there is to it. Mike, I know them because Mike was my best friend. Well, this is his daughter, Becky. And sadly, Mike passed from a massive heart attack in April of 2001, but I know he is extremely proud of the work that his daughter is doing and the woman she has become. It's it's a good cause. It's one of those that if you send them money and they're on Facebook and support their ministry, you'll that's where the money goes. It doesn't go to organizers, it doesn't go to administrative
1: staff, it goes so they can travel and teach. What a great calling. It's what they do. So
0: if you're looking for a good charity to support and know what the money's going to, I highly
1: recommend the Woodall Foundation. Okay.
0: You know, I was talking about in Bob Dole's book, how everybody rendered assistance, and he mentions this in Kansas. And just a side note, when I had this accident, this kind of should have summed up my marriage for me. So the vehicle's totaled. Not Well... It, I take that. It wasn't total, but it wasn't drivable. I was going to have to get a wrecker and take it to the shop. Now, my wife and the kids are already at her parents' house in Grinnell. So I'm taking the highway patrol,
1: takes me to a diner, had to use a payphone. Oh, how about that? A payphone. And I had the number
0: memorized. So I called up and said, hey, I've been in an accident. I'm at this diner. And
1: all I hear is, well, what type of shape is the vehicle in? Because my
0: wife had traded three cattle and her Chevy pickup for this Dodge Ram. And I'm like, really? Didn't ask how I was. They wanted to know what the vehicle was like. I waited two hours for them to show up and when they finally drug in once again they didn't say how are you they said where's the vehicle and i'm like what the hell is this okay so i told her dad where it was and uh when we got back to the house i said no i was there at least three hours i said well thanks for getting here in a hurry and all my wife said was well you called us so we figured you're okay and we were going to finish breakfast and it's like what the hell so that sums up how pretty much how my marriage went i think we're together nine years by god if something happened to her you better be johnny on the spot but when the husband's in an accident, Yeah, we'll just keep eating our eggs and bacon and uh, we'll get there when we get around to it. Now that doesn't mean I didn't get along with my in-laws. We had our moments. We had a lot of good ones. We had a lot of bad ones at times. I'd like to think it balanced out, but when I look back at it, nah, it really didn't. It was just, we got three great kids out of the marriage. That's the main thing. But yeah, if, you all are pursuing a relationship and you're younger and you see that type of behavior from your bride or husband to be run. It's not going to end well. Believe me. Believe me. Okay. Okay.
1: So let's get on to the Ranger report. Up
0: just before the lockout, the Rangers made some moves. They picked up uh, Marcus Simeon, seven, uh, seven years, one hundred seventy-five million. So he'll be thirty-eight when that contract's over. They picked up Corey Seeger, ten years, three hundred thirty-five million. So there's a quick five hundred million. We got him until age 37. Then they got a pitcher, John Gray, for $56 million for four years. Now, at least he'll be 34 when his contract's over. And looking him up, he's with the Rockies. And being in Colorado, yeah, he's going to have a high ERA because of the <clears throat> thin air and how balls fly out of Coors Field. But that's okay. where does that leave the rest of the team? So the Rangers have spent money. Now, have they spent it wisely? Well, we're not going to know for at least a year or two. So where does that put Connor Falefa and Nick Solak? I have no idea. There's talk that Falefa will take over third. Yet there's also talk that this kid, Josh Young, I believe, who was in Frisco, has been lighting it up, he might come in. That's hard to say. Behind the plate, it looks like it's going to be a platoon again of Trevino and, oh, damn, I forgot who the other guy was. So they have spent some money. Now how is this going to play out? I don't know. I just know it better be wise, better better work out, because you're stuck with Seeger and Simeon. No one's going to pick them up. And I will look at the Seeger signing, just like I did the Andres signing. When they signed Andres, that was a good deal at the time. But as time went on and his production went down and his fielding went down, they couldn't unload him because nobody was going to pay that type of money for a shortstop. Had to wait for his contract to expire, and then he went over and played for Oakland. And they got a bargain basement rate on him. So I cannot get excited about dropping thirty three hundred and thirty five million over 10 years on one player. This is worse. Did they learn nothing with the A-Rod deal when the Rangers picked him up from the Mariners for $250 million for 10 years? Obviously not. But then I don't expect a lot out of John Daniels. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. And I hope this is some type of foundation for a solid team. But when it comes to the Rangers, we still don't have a hitting coach and we still don't have a pitching coach. So you can spend all the money you want. But if you don't have a good staff, it's going to be a
1: waste. And I've seen nothing on movement for those two positions. Nothing. I mean, you can go through the Ranger roster and look at all the pitchers. They tried
0: out. The clerk might be back next year, hopefully. He's healed. This would be good. Because he was signed for three years to be the closer,
1: and he was out all last year. But that's okay. So one must be positive when looking at the moves they've made.
0: Now we'll see if we get to play this year because the lockout, and I talked about this in a previous episode, has really nothing to do with the MLB for a change.
1: It's all about the minor leaguers. And the – big boys want the owners to up the ante
0: in what they pay the minor league boys. And the owner said, we agree. How much do you want to chip in? And the player said nothing. And the owner said, you know, we just revamped the whole minor league system last year. We made a lot of improvements. We spent a lot of money. In the last CBA, we raised the salary of these guys, and now you want more. Imagine that. Somebody wants more. Well, what do they plan to do to help? Nothing. They want the owners to f- flip the bill. I'm waiting for someone to say, your fair share. Well, I'm going to get into that in a little different because that saying is really getting old coming out of bumbling
1: Biden so that's where the Rangers are now let's hope the players association will pull their heads out and negotiate
0: something they've never done negotiate in good faith with the owners to make this whole thing work otherwise what's the point I'm sick of
1: unions I have no use for them at all, but that's me. College football,
0: Oklahoma State. You all know I'm an Oklahoma State fan. Okay. And I had my reservations, and I stated them openly when they played Baylor for the second time, and I said they would not. I did not think they would beat them, and they didn't. They only had four turn five four turnovers, and recovered a fumble. So I consider that five. And yeah, they came within half a yard of taking the lead and winning the game. I am so glad they came up a half a yard short. They played horribly. They were ranked number five. Really, that's the fifteenth te- fifth best team in the nation. They looked. The defense is outstanding. And the coordinator was so good, Ohio State offered him more money than he could turn down, so he bolted. OSU lost him. Gundy's got to find another defensive coordinator.
1: But offensively, they sputter. They spot. They fumble.
0: They stammer. It's like listening to somebody who stutters when they talk. You can't get any flow. OSU's offense doesn't have any flow. Sanders is thrown in. He throws into triple coverage more than anybody I know. He did it in the OU game and he did it in the Baylor game. You don't
1: win throwing into triple coverage, dummy. Wake up. They get they drew Notre Dame okay, we're going to find out just how good OSU
0: is and as much as I would like to see them win this because going to the Fiesta Bowl is good for the school. It shows the program is up and coming, that it is a potential contender, not a contender, but a potential contender. I'm afraid this is going to turn into like when they played Ole Miss in the Cotton Bowl. Was it like 10 years ago? And Eli, I think Eli was the quarterback. And they got, OSU just got devastated, like 44 to 17 or something. It was an ugly score. And and the talk was all the same. OSU should be like number two or number three. No, they should not. And we found out why. Of course, my OSU compatriots didn't appreciate my realistic opinion of the game and said i was a hater and i said no i'm a damn realist you know i am a realist and it really isn't that hard to be does that mean you're pessimistic sometimes no it just means you're actually analyzing the situation weighing the facts looking at the situation and going this is the potential outcome and maybe 35 years of construction has given me that attitude of having to weigh the consequences of our actions in solving a problem. Because if we don't do it right, it's going to cost a lot of money. So you better make sure you have researched the problem fully, correctly, gotten the best people you
1: know around you To make this decision and then move forward and not look back. So there it is. So let's see how they do.
0: But yeah, I'm glad they lost to Baylor because being in the top four teams,
1: I'm sorry, that would be an ass kicking Royale. Ugly.
0: Ugly, as my dad would say, sick, sick, sick. That was his favorite word when OSU just stunk it up on the football field. I always knew I'd be in my room and he'd be in the family room, just to hear him sick, sick, sick. It's like, what's wrong? OSU fumble or something? He goes, ah, tell me to shut up. I said, okay, <clears throat> okay. Now the national news, which is. Really not good in the Tennessee Valley. They just got rocked by a horrendous tornado. I mean, I was watching it on the radar last night when I got in, just briefly to see the system. And yeah, it was ugly. It was all that cold air running into that warm, moist Gulf air. That is always a horrible combination, and. You know, it's kind of like what happened in Moore, Oklahoma, not once but twice when they just got rocked by those tornadoes. I mean, there is never a good time for devastating tornadoes, never. And, yes, Christmas is coming up and families have survived COVID and other personal
1: tragedies and issues, and now they've got to go through this. it is very sad and
0: living in tornado alley, I can empathize with these people and they're lost. Luckily I've never lost anyone to a tornado. I have been around some, never been the places I've lived. We never got hit by them, but uh, what a horrible thing. But the one thing I don't want to hear, and I hope none of these bobbleheads and, BS politicians say, we told you it's global warming. I'm just waiting for someone to open their dumb ass fly trap and say that. See, see, it's global warming. Well, was it global warming in 1974 on December 5th when Tulsa was hit by a tornado? I remember that day. I was 14. Working at a store called the Toy Loft, which was really cool because they got toys from around the world. All of my girlfriends got real stuffed animals from Germany and Austria. Those were the top line teddy bears. And they lasted forever. But I was standing outside. And you could just feel it. The sky was green. The clouds were boiling. And it's like, this is bad. This is December. This is a bad combination. And it was. Now, luckily, there were no deaths. There was 35 injured. And it could have been so much worse. But uh, it wasn't global warming in 74 So I'm just waiting for some idiot to come out and say, this is the
1: reason. No, it's not. It's mother nature. It was a freak storm. It
0: was a powerful storm. Like I said, when you watch the radar, you can see that line. Man, it was was gaining steam. It was... It was a freight train rolling, and sadly, at least over 100 people are going to have perished in this meteorological event, because that's what it is. It is a meteorological event. That's it. I might have gotten that off the
1: tongue, right? So, you know, thoughts and prayers to those who have lost loved ones, have
0: lost their livelihoods and now have to start rebuilding.
1: But that's what Americans do. We rebuild. You know, look at Moore, Oklahoma.
0: Look at Joplin, Missouri. Look at Tuscaloosa. And I forgot the tornado what city it hit
1: in Ohio that was so devastated, basically wiped out a whole town we rebuild yeah it knocks us down, and it's
0: the outcome always looks bleak when the sun comes up and you see the devastation. But when you go back years later. And see that those communities are thriving again. That is the American spirit. You know, was it Mexico City down in Florida from Hurricane Michael that just wiped that city out? And even though the emergency funds that the government had appropriated, Took way over a
1: year to get there, those people relied on themselves. They relied on their neighbors. They didn't rely on the government. And that is one of the messages in Bob Dole's book, Resiliency. Uh,
0: self-accountability, self-reliance, helping out a neighbor. That is the American spirit. It is not relying on Washington, D.C. to bail us out of everything and try and run our lives and take care of everything just get the hell out of our way and let us live our lives
1: that is what america's founding is it's not what can you do for me you know go back to jfk ask not what your country can do
0: for you ask what you can do for your country why don't you what can you do for your neighbor what can you do for your friend what can you do for someone in need That is the American spirit. It is not what the morons in D.C. can do, because all they can do is screw up a wet dream and not even wake up. And that's both sides of the aisle. I mean, I hear all this talk about Republicans in 2022 with the same ones that fought Trump when he was in office. Is that what you
1: want? More party line bullshit and no backbone.
0: More investigations, more hearings, more bullshit.
1: That's what you're getting out of D.C. But they're spending a hell of a lot of money and they don't have a damn thing to show for it. And
0: anyone who says otherwise got their head in their sand, they're just a damn ostrich.
1: We don't need the government to keep bailing us out. It is there to help move lives forward. But when
0: people become reliant on them to take care of every little thing that happens, you will lose your liberties and your freedoms. Are you really? want to do that you want to just give it all up so the government can give you some more money or say we'll take care of you hell no no absolutely
1: no nada okay Kyle Rittenhouse and Jesse Smollett what an interesting tandem Now,
0: if you've been on Facebook, you've probably seen the posts of Judge clears the way for a $110 million suit against LeBron James. It's false. As of today, Kyle's lawyers have not filed anything
1: on anybody. And if any listener, has proof otherwise, either call
0: in or send a message because I researched that yesterday. And so
1: far, they haven't filed any suits, but they will be in their own time.
0: I said this on the last episode, Kyle will be worth over a billion dollars once they have filed all these suits because you name it, And there there are so many politicians and talk shows and morons that chastised and convicted that kid. And it's all on video, it's all been recorded. And I would love to see the board they have of who's on the list and how much we're going after them. We're gonna go after the networks, we're gonna go after the anchors, We're going to go after the politicians, and when it's all said and done, this is going to be over a billion dollars. Now, for the networks, it's not going to be a big deal. Well, that's not true. Depending on how big some of these suits are, even insurance companies have a
1: limit on how much pain they can endure and how much financial loss they can incur.
0: Damn when it's all said and done, Kyle might own half of the uh networks and newspapers in the United States, and I'd be okay with that because after listening to him talk on Tucker, he's pretty level headed, and he's not partisan. I'll make that a point. He actually said after his stay in the jail system that he could understand the premise of BLM's protests. Now, that does not, he definitely didn't subscribe to all the violence and the looting and the burning and the destruction and the damage and the death and the injuries that they were inflicting on people. But, oh, all the liberals said, well, 93% of the protests were peaceful. What about the 7% that cost over $2 billion in damage? Yeah, they don't want to talk about that shit.
1: So Kyle is, he's just doing what he wants to. And, you know, he said he was enrolled at
0: Arizona State University. Well, what happened with ASU? Well, they got 10,000 liberal little shits to sign a petition that they didn't want him on their campus. It ain't your fucking campus. Arizona State means it's a state university, and to all you little liberals that got your panties in a wad and probably cried like babies when Trump was elected president, get the hell out. You are the people that need to get out, just like that group at Ohio University that attacked Caitlin Bennett last summer, and it was a mob. Get out. That's not what America is about. Get the hell out now. And if you need a ticket, we will gladly give you one. No, we won't. You can get your
1: parent. you take you and your parents and get the hell out because they raised this crap. Get out. Okay. I mentioned that name Smollett and I'm going to have to probably put Clorox in my mouth after that. But, uh, so he was found guilty. Hallelujah. Yeah, I remember the
0: press and how they were all outraged and they blamed Trump for this and the white supremacist and MAGA this and MAGA that. MAGA up your ass. You just found out by a jury of his peers that he lied through his teeth. He set the whole thing up, and now he's going to be punished. And they just, you know, send him to Africa. Don't put him in the United States, but send him to Africa. Let him go talk to his brothers. Get the hell out. Send him to Venezuela. Send him to Cuba. Get him the hell out, and don't let him come back. Canada sure the hell doesn't want him. If you went to Mexico, he'd just come back across the border in one of Biden-Harris caravans. Yeah, that's working out real well, Kamal. The root causes of immigration are because you're a stupid, dumbass bitch. That's the problem. You couldn't handle a flea circus, you twit.
1: But she can cackle. <laughs> Shut the hell up, woman. God, what an embarrassment.
0: I'll I'll try and back off of the cu- of the cursing. I really will. And look at that, we're in the first quarter and it's Navy and Army are tied up. Good game, seven to seven. <clears throat> but the reason I brought up this poor excuse for an actor is I made the mistake and switched the channel onto CNN. Oh my! God, how painful is that? It was John Avalon. And I'm convinced, you
1: know, the women on Fox, for the most part, are well clothed, attractive
0: women. That doesn't mean they're intelligent. But they're a hell of a lot prettier than what you see on CNN and MSNBC. They all look like they're PMSing all the time. I could not stand to wake up to look at one of them in the morning. That would be painful. Absolutely painful. But this John Avalon, oh, what a left-wing-leaning son of a bitch.
1: So he has this little monologue on Smollett. And instead of admitting that CNN screwed the pooch, he quickly
0: deferred from Smollett to target Trump and his lies. So instead of focusing on the story at hand, and this is what the media does, this is what they are masters of, and it's just getting worse. The story was Smollett is found guilty. What should his punishment be? No, Avalon has to take this 180 degree turn and say, well, if Jussie's guilty, then Trump's guilty of all of his lies. Blow it out your ass, dude. You're all, the left's fixation with Trump is appalling. He's gone. Did Have you figured that out? Or is this the only way you can deflect from this bumbling bureaucrat, Biden? And his failures, he only fails when he wakes up each morning. It is pathetic. This is not a president. This isn't even a figurehead. It's like
1: a hot dog on a stick or something. Only it's rotten, so you're going to throw it away. This is embarrassing. Embarrassing. This is not the country Bob Dole fought for. We are so far off the rails right now. It can be brought back. But it's going to be really painful. And it might have to be just through one leader. Because our two-party system is not working. Not when
0: you have all this lobbyist money and all this media coverage and everyone's taking sides. And that's going to be the final thing I get to is who is our Winston Churchill? (coughs) Excuse me. But damn, this is embarrassing. And the media is just making it worse every day. That's all the channels. I mean, for example, diplomatic, we're not sending our diplomats to Beijing. We shouldn't send anyone to Beijing. You know, like Jimmy Carter or dislike him, he was not the greatest president we've had. But at least he made a stand when Russia invaded Afghanistan and canceled the Summer Olympics because Jimmy was about human rights. Well, isn't that what Joe Biden and Kamala and all their ilk have been saying all through the campaign trail about we're about human rights? Then we don't go. It's that
1: simple. If that's your policy, then we don't go. But that's a difficult decision. And Joe Biden couldn't make a
0: difficult decision if it slapped him up the side of the head. And that goes for his whole damn administration. What a pathetic group of clowns. My God, the media hammered Trump on everyone. How come they aren't hammering these lying sacks of shit? Basaki, that's all she does when she opens her redheaded stepchild mouth. It's a lie. And I really want to see a press conference where they just drill into her and she's got to stand there and answer the hard questions. I know Fox talks about, well, Ducey asks the hard
1: questions. They've already been vetted. She knows what's coming. We're not going to have that.
0: We're just going to go after you. And you're going to be held accountable. And There ain't no damn
1: circling back, Saki. God, this is such a clown show. It is painful to watch. And this is not the country that Bob Dole fought for. We've got to get back to those roots of our greatest generation and their values
0: and their beliefs and what they stood for because it sure the
1: hell ain't this shit right now. Oh, news pundits. God, this is painful. I watched a little bit of Fox this week, and yeah, that's pretty painful too.
0: But they've got this gal, Tammy Bruce, on the
1: six o'clock hour. Why? She's just an angry lesbian. That's it. She was a hard left
0: liberal who was a feminist and a member of NOW. And if you ever watch, listen to Rush Limbaugh, he had nothing good to say about the NOW organization. Fem Nazis, I think is what he called them. And she's on Fox. And thinks they're going to give her the six o'clock slot. God, I hope not. I mean, you think
1: I'm angry right now. She's never happy. Where the hell did they find these people? You want someone angry? Hell, call me.
0: I'll give you, what is it, like 45 minutes after commercials? I can sit there and yell at a camera for 45 minutes and tell you how stupid you are. and But at least I'll give you some information and not some BS opinion and pull in people. I wouldn't have a panel like they do or all of these, quote, experts and all this because they're just damn talking heads. I'd actually get someone on there that might disagree with me so we could debate the issue, but I'm going to give them more than a three minute slot. I love when they do that. Oh, we're, we're out of time before we even start the interview, but we will, we do want you back on the show and blah, blah, blah. What a crock of shit. I don't know what those producers do in those newsrooms, but, uh, You got a really important topic and you're going to give this person who's an expert on it two minutes, even though it takes a minute and a half to ask them the question. I'm sorry, we're down to 30 seconds. You wanted me to wake up at four o'clock for 30 seconds. You damn well better put a million dollars in my bank account,
1: dumbass. Yeah, she's a waste. She's up there with John Avalon, just
0: Nobody cares. Give me some news. Can you try that? Can you give me some damn news? And, of course, I've, I've talked about WGN. They they just they, you think adding more shows is going to make you popular? Try again. And every time I see that commercial, the fastest growing cable network in the country, you haven't looked at your ratings because you aren't. You are the fastest in falling in ratings. And their whole group is so diverse and blah. Man, I used to enjoy watching WGN in the morning because they had JAG and some other show on. Oh, no, they've got this two- or three-hour morning news show. Like, I give two shits about that. I'll watch Leave It to Beaver on me TV before I'll turn that crapola on. At least Beaver's a little educated. God, this is just, this is not the country Bob Dole fought for. And then there's another meme. I just love this one. That people want to see Beth Van Doyne on the view. Are you shitting me? The woman has more sense than that. That'd be like when Tom Selleck went on Rolly Poly O'Donnell show and she blasted him because he was a supporter of the NRA. You think those nitwits would even let her get one word out, and the minute she opened her mouth, they would just talk over her. I mean Can you imagine sitting across and having to look at Whoopi and Joy? Oh, God, I'd throw up on myself. It's like if I was a guest, I'd walk in there with a couple of paper bags and say, here, please put these on so I can stand looking at you. And here's a ball muzzle to go with it so I can say something. Beth Van Doyen has more sense. She is not going on that show. Because all they would do is chastise her just like they did McCain's daughter. That's why she left. She got tired of their bullshit. And what is so sad is all those stupid women that are in the audience that think they are so intelligent. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, too. They need to go. They don't have a brain between them. You support this shit, get out. That's not what we fought for in World War Two, We fought to get rid of bullshit like that, and now you're infecting the United States with it. Get out. I really didn't think I was going to get this fired up, but uh, it, but it all hinges on Bob's book. You got to read it. You got to read Bob's book and remember what this country was, what our politicians were like, how we would come together and help each other. I mean, my dad would have a. uh, christmas brunch every year he always looked forward to it we had a very diverse group when it came to religion and politics because most of the family were still fdr democrats okay no problem there were a small group my father and another couple that were republicans We also had Catholics, we had Baptists, we had Presbyterians, we had Methodists. So it was a broad spectrum. My dad had one rule because he understood all of these different ideologies and thoughts. When you come to my brunch, you do not talk politics or religion. That was it. And if you didn't abide by that simple rule, my father would walk up and say, would you like to stay? Because he would. Dad was a great entertainer and he always wanted to know the temperature of the room. And if he saw a conversation getting a little heated on topics that were verboten during Christmas, he would defuse it. And it worked. It, it was great to, to watch that happen. Because he was bringing us together to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And there was no room for politics and yeah, religious talk. We are here for the season to honor the season, enjoy it and spread goodwill. And that's what my father did. And if you didn't like that, he would just look at you and say, the door's open. He wouldn't make a scene. And as far as I know, no one ever had to leave, except me because I would eat too damn much. I was always, stay in your room and I'll call you and then you come in and get what's left over. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) But at that age, shit, I'd have eaten everything that he cooked. I just couldn't eat enough. He was a great man. Okay. The Fox Christmas tree was burned down. We know that, right? If you've been watching the news, you know that happened. And that could have been really bad i mean that tree was extremely flammable as you saw ornaments i mean if you remember the germans they put in the swedes i believe scandinavian countries they put candles in their trees and that's why they came up with light bulbs with christmas lights because it's a hell of a lot safer And then they came up with artificial trees because even with electrical light bulbs, we get shorts, trees dry out, and they would catch fire. And, you know, homes did burn over this. So it has evolved. But I had to go through. I just wanted to see what some of these idiots were saying about the fire, and they didn't disappoint me. The fire is believed to have started after Fox News' pants caught on fire. That's Jimmy Kimmel. The fire is believed to have started because Judge Janine Pirro ate one too many rum balls and breathed on a cigarette. That's Jimmy Kimmel. I've seen trees. This is not one of them. That is a hollow structure that sort of resembles a tree. In the same way, Tucker Carlson is a hollow structure that sort of resembles a human. That's Jimmy Kimmel. And Fox News tried to warn us this was coming. Every time a store clerk says happy holidays, a Christmas tree bursts into flames. Stephen Colbert. Authorities arrested a suspect last night. Police say that they believed he is homeless and mental illness may have played a factor. Homeless and mentally ill. Oh, my God. The fire was set by Bill O'Reilly. Stephen Colbert. Let's see. It's beginning to look a lot like arson everywhere you go. Take a look at the tree, and then the flames are roaring once again. Ducey, stop, drop, and roll. Stephen Colbert. What type of shit is this? And it goes on. What did that dumbass Noah Trevor say? And it is not clear how this happened. It could be an accident. It could be arson. It could be Santifa. I said it once. I've said it at least a dozen times. This is not the country Bob Dole fought for. Is that comedy? No, it's bullshit. And all the people sitting in these audiences laughing at it need to leave too. They think they're so cute and funny. And, you know, I don't give Fox a pass on any of this shit either. I'm just sick of them. Absolutely. Absolutely sick of it this is comedy let's make fun of an act of arson what if it'd been your house would you be making jokes about it then Jimmy and Steven and Trevor because you when it comes down to it you guys are just irrelevant you're adding nothing to this country you're making a whole lot of money and getting nothing done you push nothing forward You have no morals. You have no self-respect. You are a waste of time. And as I said, maybe Rittenhouse will wind up owning these networks and get rid of these dumbasses. And maybe we can get back to a sense of civility. That would really be a novel idea in this day and time. Because there isn't any. When you make fun of arson, yes, it was a fake tree and it burned down. But what if that fire would have spread? Would it have been like it was during the summer of 2020? And all the rioters and looters would have come out as the flames went from building to building to building? Would they still be laughing? No. But they're too stupid to pull their head out of their ass and understand anything of value. They are useless. This is not. Sadly, these are the people that when our soldiers go to war, they defend everyone's rights. That's just the way it is. But when these same people turn and start supporting looting and arson and crimes, they got to go. And they got to go now, not tomorrow. They got to go now. Who's going to do that? I would. I'd throw every one of them sons of bitches out and not think a thing about it. And I might be able to get George Patton to come join me, even though he's dead. Maybe I can get one of his ancestors. To chime in, I'm sick of this. They just had, they just think they're so cute. What is there another one? Oh, this is classic. Of course, this never would have happened if the tree had a gun. What a dumbass. That's Stephen Colbert. He is so relevant? I don't give a damn how much money he makes. Okay. Do I do the COVID update? Yeah, let's do the COVID update first before I get into this crap on liberal sites. Okay, so I follow Rob Estorino, who's running for governor in New York. And we know Cuomo got canned. Haven't heard much about that lately, have you? What's going on with Andrew? Got to keep that hush-hush. So Huckle is brought in to replace him, and she's no better. She's another left-winging lunatic. And all of a sudden, they are talking about mask mandates again. Oh, here we go again. Mask mandates, hallelujah. Can't wait to see how this works out. Well, if you watch Fox or CNN or MSNBC or any of them, have you seen the COVID numbers flying across the screen like they did nine months ago? When Trump was in, I mean, no, we got to go back farther. A year ago, when Trump was in office, every morning you woke up, the numbers were plastered across the screen. They were so damn big you couldn't see the dumbasses who were actually trying to do some pissant reporting, which they're incapable of developing a thought. You don't see those anymore. I've been tracking this stuff since March of twenty and I post it every Sunday on Facebook and on my blog. Well, for the last three weeks, New York has been leading the big four, Texas, Florida, you know, New York, California, Texas, and Florida. They've been leading in new cases for the last three weeks. Did you know that? And now all of a sudden she wakes up and says, there's a problem, where were you three weeks ago? I don't know, La La Land. I guess MSNBC or CNN didn't call and say, hey, you got a problem or Fauci, what a clown he is. God, I don't want to get into that idiot. A political scientist, what a bad combination. And I've got a reference for that here in a minute, too. But my Lord, people. These are the people running our country, running our states. It is a sad state of affairs. No one is reporting jack shit of relevance because it doesn't support their narrative. And that's why I just give you the straight up facts from the stuff that I read and I find. If you don't agree with it, that's fine. If you do agree with it, then comment, then call in. Support the show, because I really do love doing this. But we are no closer to stopping this virus than we were the day it broke out. You know why? I'll know this weekend where we stand as far as total cases and total mortalities. And the way it's been going, in two weeks, Biden, who swore he would stop COVID cold on its tracks, will match The cases that we were registered under Trump and the mortalities under Trump, but do you see any of those memes of all the voters in the cemeteries that the left was throwing out there? No. In fact, Facebook has must have really changed their analog because it's become nothing but a ghost town. They are censoring damn near. Everything you put up a political post <clears throat> or something of intelligence, see how many likes you get on it. I can go back when I was posting articles before the election. They were to stimulate a discussion and they would, there would be over a hundred comments. If I get three, it's a push. Five is almost unheard of. Yeah, they have fixed it to where these messages aren't getting out to your followers. Twitter's doing the same thing. I'm not sure how that affects the blog I do. And that's why I keep it going because I think that traffic is going to come back. But big tech is squashing open discussion and thought because i can go back to the last four years on articles i've written and show you all the comments because they will pop up in the uh memory deal that facebook installed and look at compare those to what's going on today it's just a graveyard it is just a graveyard So apparently Zuckerberg isn't open to free thought. That is not what Bob Dole and his generation fought for. They did not fight for censorship, they fought to destroy it. And they did, and by God, 80 years later, we're right back to where we started, only this time it's happening in this country. This isn't Nazi Germany or fascist Italy or Imperial Japan. Or the USSR. This is the United States of America. By God, we've got to get it back. This shit's got to stop. Okay. Liberal sides. God, this is so painful. But I ran across this article. This was a guy who I unfriended some time ago because he would come onto the page. Wait, Let let me finish my thought on COVID before I get into this. This virus is going to run its course. The lockdowns, did they work? No. The masks, did they work? No. Social distancing, has it worked? No. The only thing that appears to be working to a small degree are the shots. Why do I say that? Because the mortalities have gone down. They're still around 9,000 a week. Therefore, about three weeks, Russia was actually recorded more deaths than we did. That's the first time that had happened since this outbreak began, <laughs> that a country surpassed us in weeks, and I got into a debate with a scientist about six months ago on the Spanish influenza, and how it disappeared, and he said, well, it didn't disappear, it just reinvented itself and came back and I think it was like 54 or 57 then we had the H1N1 and he said these were all variants of the Spanish flu. We still don't know where this damn thing came from. Did China manufacture it? I don't know. Well, you can't rely on China's numbers because it's a communist country and they lie. They're not going to tell you the truth. they could lose 500 that they could lose 10 million people. And do you think they'd report it? No, because they'll just make some more. And yet we're going to send our athletes over to China. What a crock of shit. I already talked about that earlier. You're going to ban the Olympics? Nobody goes. Period. Period. No athletes. Nobody, nobody gives two shits about the diplomats. Hell, they're going over there on our dime anyway, so we might save a dollar or two. Oh, geez. Okay. So COVID's gonna run its course no matter what we do. Yes, we need to take personal responsibility for ourselves but I am not going to shame people for not getting the shot. In fact, there's this dumbass at the hotel. But this, There's a couple here, and they wear masks everywhere because they're scared shitless because of what the media is telling them to be scared of. And the first words out of this lady's mouth was the Omicron variant. It's like, okay, okay, take a pill, relax. She's bought into the media's hype. She's scared to death. That's what the media was good at. They've scared the hell out of people. Crashed an economy. Destroyed, you know, how many kids are going to have to repeat different grades because of all this bullshit of learning at home. Like their parents could really help them. But uh, he's complaining that they wear masks and they smoke. Well, you know, some, it's none of your damn business what they do because you are hardly a specimen to be criticizing others when you're overweight and have a horrible attitude. Why don't you just shut the hell up? Worry about yourself. You don't want to be around them. Don't be around them. But. I mean, when I was talking to this woman it reminded me of the guy, I ran into at the car wash back in uh, July before my daughter's wedding of 2020, and you could see it in his eyes. This guy was, I'm trying to talk to him, he's wearing an Alabama hat, and the fear was just bursting out of his eyeballs. He was scared shitless to be anywhere near me. That's the media at work. Oh, my God, I bet he went home and de himself or something. It's like, dude, take a pill. It's okay. No. He was scared shitless. And I saw that. I see that with this couple. They're really nice people. They're like the berries. They're, you know... They're not as outgoing as the berries, but they're they're just good. They stay to themselves, but they're scared to death. And then to have someone question their lifestyle that looks like Violet from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, why don't you shut the hell up, dumbass? Yeah, and I've told that guy he's a dumbass a couple of times because he deserves it. He earned it. Okay. Where am I on time? All right, I'm just gonna get into a few of these things that this liberal nutcase posted, and it's a deal about unions. <clears throat> and obviously when I read his stuff, I didn't go back to his pace to his page and post it because he's an idiot. That's all he is. He he's one of those leave. You aren't adding anything to this country. Take your family and get the hell out. Or get California to secede from the nation and we can be done with you all. Then we'll get us, call up Bugs Bunny and Warner Brothers and we'll get the saw out, cut out California or those portions we don't like and just push it off in the Pacific Ocean. We won't wait for the big one. We'll just put a sail up and let you float out there. And this was entitled, A Day in the Life of Sue Republican. Sue gets up at 6 a.m. and fills her coffee pot with water to prepare her morning coffee. The water is clean and good because some tree-hugging liberal fought for minimum water quality standards. Wrong. Nixon was a liberal? I mean, that's how this starts out. And people buy this shit up and believe it. There were at least... Six people that like this. Well, it starts off with a lie. Nixon, liberal, wrong. But then it's just like these idiots that laughed at Kimmel and Colbert and Noah's stupid jokes. Ignorant, ignorant, ignorant. Let's see, with her first swallow of coffee, she takes her daily medication. Her medications are safe to take because some stupid commie liberal fought to ensure their safety and that they worked as advertised. Wrong again. Teddy Roosevelt was anything but a commie liberal, and it was Harvey Washington Riley, a a political a non-political who was the first chairman of the FDA. The bill is also supported by Hines. If you watch that show, The Food of America on the History Channel, <clears throat> Hines got his son to go lobby for this bill so he could knock out his competition. Now, our food supply was not the greatest back then at the beginning of the 20th century. But Hines didn't do this because he was benevolent. He did it for profit. And it passed, and Roosevelt signed it into law, which was a good thing. But to call, to assume such stupid commie, you know, who writes this shit? Yeah, Teddy was a liberal. He's the one that took the great white fleet and sailed it across the world as a show of power of the United States. You know, this is what these idiots don't think about. They count, They just don't think. It's beyond them to comprehend any type of logical path in analysis they just make this shit up throw it on the wall and see if it sticks all but ten dollars of her medications are paid for by her employer's medical plan because some liberal union workers fought their employers for paid medical insurance now sue gets it too wrong again That was LBJ's great society. He came up with, so, with Medicaid and Medicare and welfare and the great society and the 18000000000000 trillion we've spent to date on the war on poverty. And how has that worked out? Not worth a
1: damn.
0: <clears throat> we'll borrow against Social Security. They'll be jaded and lie. It won't cost American taxpayers a dime, at least while I'm alive. Nor will I send any American soldier to fight an Asian boys war. Yeah. Two of the best lies told by a president. And it just goes, oh, here's another one. Sue dresses, walks outside and takes a deep breath. The air she breathes is clean because some environmentalist, wacko liberal fought for laws to stop industries from polluting our air. That would be Nixon again, just like in the workplace. OSHA, Nixon. Nixon, a liberal. What are you smoking change, brands is there let's see is there another one worth mentioning oh she walks to the subway station for government subsidized subsidized ride to work it saves her considerable money in parking and transportation fees because some fancy pants liberal Fought for affordable public transportation, which gives everyone the opportunity to be a contributor. Nothing but a flat out lie. So where did public transportation begin in the United States? Well, that would be New York, and the government didn't have a damn thing to do with it. It was Alfred E. Beach who wanted to come up with a pneumatic subway system for profit, not government for profit. England had it going, but England had problems because there too was running off of steam engines. You imagine being in a tunnel with a steam engine, the soot and the quality of the air Well, this is what Beach was trying to perfect. A cleaner mass transit line that he would profit off of. Yes, New York City would get a piece of the pie too. But then you got to go back to Tammany Hall and how that worked out. But it's just bullshit. This is the stuff they put out there and it's nothing but utter bullshit and people like it and believe it because they don't want to research anything and i love this one susan employer <clears throat> pays these standards because Sue's employer doesn't want his employees to call the union oh i forgot sue begins her workday. she has a good job with excellent pay medical benefits retirement paid holidays vacation because some lazy liberal union members fought and died for these working standards there was a time where unions were useful in the united states they were so useful they destroyed the coal industry they destroyed the auto industry because of their greed and the union's greed people like jimmy hoffa quality individuals that's who i want to aspire to they need to put up a statue of Jimmy Hoffman next to George Floyd and be about the same shit. Let's honor felons. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just honor felons. Yeah, the unions did a great job. And the funniest part about this, the irony of this article is this dumbass works for HP that fights letting unions in. And that to me is pretty damn revealing. You've got all this crap that you posted. You start talking about unions and the greatness and your company doesn't want them in their company. Pack your shit and get out. Just do it. Just go. And I'm not, they actually talked about Freddie May and Fannie Mac in this thing. We know how that worked out, don't we? Freddie and Fannie? Who was that queer congressman? Bernie Frank, that was him. That said, there's nothing wrong here. And then they rolled over and went bankrupt because of all the bad investments they made. Thanks to Clinton's fair housing bill that you're going to give loans to people that can't pay them back. But people believe this stuff. It's pathetic it's, and, and I can't read any more of it. I just I, I just can't read any more of that that's I don't give a damn if they think. I have to so that I'm somewhat knowledgeable and you know Todd, you know you just want to take a rag and stick in your ears so you can clean the shit out. It's appalling. Oh, okay. Who is the next Winston Churchill? Who's the next Harry Truman? Who is the next leader of this world that people can rally around and support? And bring some common sense back to this world. It sure the hell ain't bumbling Biden. Let's go back to before Trump was elected. What was the media saying? He's going to take us to war with North Korea. He's going to take us to war with Russia. He's going to take us to war in the Middle East with Syria. He's Trump is going to get us in another war, and that and it didn't happen. But he was vilified for visiting with Jun jong Yun and Xi and Putin. He was courting dictators. Do you remember all that bullshit? Yeah, well, things stayed calm, and they realized he would react. He got Russia to back off. When he nailed that facility in Syria, he gave him 24 hours notice. We're going to strike and we're going to take it out. We're in worse shape now on foreign policy than Trump could have ever thought. Everything the media was accusing him of doing is happening under Biden. And this was another liberal post that I saw. It's like they don't have a problem with it now that China might invade Taiwan, that Russia might invade Ukraine, that North Korea might invade South Korea. They don't understand the geopolitics. If Taiwan falls, the South China Sea falls. We have supported Taiwan since Chiang Kai-shek during and after World War II. Taiwan was a formation Of that democratic government. I'm not going to say Shang was this great leader by any means, but Mao Zedong brought us communists and kicked them off the continent. And, you know, Japan thought our Pacific fleet of Pearl Harbor was a dagger at their throat. China takes Taiwan, controls the South China Sea. Now, what's Japan going to do? And the Ukraine, okay. So Ukraine wants to become part of NATO. And Russia, not the USSR, but Russia doesn't want that to happen because they don't want a NATO country on their border. That's kind of why Poland was formed as a buffer between Germany and Russia. Well, the Ukraine is also the richest in resources in, in that continent. That is the breadbasket of Russia. It is the Ukraine. That is iron ore, magnesium, you name the mineral, it's there. Oil, gas. I mean, yes, Siberia has some resources, but they're a hell of a lot harder to develop than they are in the Ukraine. This is the wealth of Russia. Right there. I wouldn't be worried about NATO. Where has NATO won a battle? Uh, Remember, they were in Somalia to try and stop the famine and distribute the food. And we had to go in there and we lost 17 special forces people under the reign of Clinton and then hightailed it out. Where have NATO troops really threatened anyone? Now, surface fleets. Yeah, that's pretty substantial. Air Force, I'd have to look into that. But ground forces, NATO, give me a break. No one's afraid of that. Go back to the massacre in Rwanda. You know, UN forces, it's just... And I was wrong. I was thinking UN forces, not NATO. But the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, we know why it formed. was to stop the spread of communism. But what NATO countries are going to send troops into the Ukraine and fight Russia? We just got out of this Afghanistan disaster, and and I heard some dumbass, it had to have been one of the liberal stations, about, well, you know, in seven days, we flew out 125,000 people. Yeah, in eight days, the British pulled out 400,000 from Dunkirk. So who really did something and didn't leave people behind. Well, that would have been the British at Dunkirk. But who is our Winston Churchill? Who is the voice of reason in this madness? I don't see one. I haven't heard one. Trump had the right idea. He just didn't know which battles to not fight. And I have said that over and over again. He had the backbone. No one else does. I just want to know who's going to be our next Winston because we rallied around Winston. He stood up to Nazi Germany. He is an island unto himself with an army that has been defeated. The men came back with no equipment, an air force that is tottering, and it doesn't look good, and Winston stood his ground. We will fight on the seas. We will fight on the beaches. We will fight on land. We will fight in the hills. We will fight in the streets. We will fight if they're coming down Whitehall. We will never surrender. And Hitler couldn't understand that. And it's a damn good thing he couldn't. And it's a damn good thing Winston took over as the prime minister of Great Britain, or they would have appeased Hitler and signed a peace deal. Because Chamberlain's group was all for that. And, least they were all for appeasing the Germans. Well, what the hell is this bumbling Biden doing? All he does is appease, just like it's Obama 2.0. That is not what Bob Dole fought for in his generation. They did not fight for appeasement. They fought for victory. They fought for liberty and freedom, not appeasement. Truman stood up. To Stalin. It took him a while to figure out that Joe was a lying sack of shit. But when he finally figured it out, he realized okay, there's no reasoning with this man. And there wasn't. Eisenhower, the same thing. JFK stood up to him. To Khrushchev, where is our Winston Churchill? It sure the hell isn't this hot dog on a stick that's currently at Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to know where he is, because that's what we need. We need a person that can rally Americans together, not just half of America, 75%. I'd settle for 75%. The other 25% you don't like, and get the hell out. And I've already said that earlier, just go but someone who can rally 75% of this country together and realize we are not going down the right path. They got to have common sense and they got to know how to find good people. Screw this diversity bullshit. I don't give a damn about your color. I don't give a damn about your sex. If you're qualified to do the job, you will be hired. And if you aren't, you will be fired. And that was one thing Trump was good at. He hired people, he fired people, just like business. Donald did a lot of things right. He did a lot of things wrong, but he did more good than he did bad. And that's a given. But we need someone younger with the same drive, the same energy the same vision we don't need someone that's 78 in 2024 we need someone that is in their mid-50s maybe early 60s that has life experiences that knows how to work with people and also knows how to fire people and not play politics Because when Churchill took over, those that opposed his cabinet were gone. They were retired or shipped out because he didn't have the time to deal with their bullshit. That's what Bob Dole fought for. That's what he fought for. That's what his generation fought for. I mean, the man is bleeding out in Italy, in the snow, not knowing if he is going to live or die. And watching soldiers around him die that are trying to render aid to other comrades. And like he said, he couldn't believe that they weren't, what was his exact words on that when it came to the Washington month? Oh, it was old history. It is not old history. It is current living history. Doesn't matter that it's 80 years past. For those of us that wish to stay up to date and understand what is going on, We study history so that we don't make the same mistakes twice or three times. And the way we're going, I I just don't know. So who is our next Winston Churchill or Harry Truman? Who is our voice of reason? It sure isn't the network's. Any of them. You can't show me a politician that I would throw 100% support behind. And that's any of them. They all talk a big game. Watch whatever network you want to. And they've got all of their hand-picked people that are already going to support whatever narrative or position you've come up with. That's not leading, that's being sheep, that's following. You know, I remember watching a couple of years back, I pulled up the Reagan-Carter debates. They were great, they were civil. Reagan was a leader. Reagan was our Churchill of the 80s. They were civil. And they were actually jovial at times because each man could make fun of the other's age or lack of age. Because I remember Carter made a comment about Reagan being old. And Reagan basically said, well, Jimmy, You know, someday you'll have as much wisdom as me. And Jimmy laughed. It was a great debate. And they did stay on the issues, but they did it civilly. And the moderators weren't badgering them. They asked their questions and they moved forward. It wasn't a show. And that's all you get today with these debates. It's a show. It's all about what anchor gets to moderate it. They couldn't moderate a damn flea circus. I mentioned that earlier about Kamala Harris. She'd show up with all the fleas in her. But it's... We are not in the right direction, not even close, not even close. This has got to change, and I don't see it with a two-party system right now. We need a leader of the United States. If that means you're going to have to bypass Congress, then you're going to have to bypass Congress. If that means you're going to have to bypass the DOJ, which needs an enema, and the judicial branch that needs it. I mean, the whole damn government needs an enema. Trump tried, but it was just too much. There's just so much he could do. But that's what we need. But we need it in youth. In wisdom. In analytical thinking. And you pick the battles you can win. You don't fight every little one that pops up because you will lose. You fight the ones you can win and you move on. The lesser battles, you let your people take care of those. You do not do not get down in the weeds. Winston Churchill did not get down in the weeds. And we really need, a Winston Churchill today in this country? I don't see one yet. Hell, I'll throw my hat in. I'll do it. Of course, once the press got through with me, it's hard to say how that would pan out. Okay. Let's do a little health update and this is kind of a public service message uh those of you who listen you understand i mentioned that i was diagnosed with a very mild case of prostate cancer uh let's just say stage one and i've gone through four radiation treatments and i have one to go and that's next tuesday guys it ain't that bad Getting the spacer put in and the seeds on the prostate, that prostate that's nothing I'm gonna write home about. And I'm glad I didn't have a home video of that. I'm sure it would make for some fine viewing for someone, but it wouldn't be me. <clears throat> the, the, the treatment's gonna last you 15 to 20 minutes. The only side effect that I have had is you're tired. It hits you about three hours later. That's okay. I can deal with that. I can deal with being a little tired and get some rest. That's a good thing. But it's nothing to be afraid of. I'm not worried after my treatment next week. I will go back in March. They'll pull the PSA, and we'll see what that number is because the last one I had, I think, was 8.11. So we'll be looking for a number in the three to four range, and that will mean it worked. I'm sure we will have to do follow-up appointments through the years just to make sure that it's gone or in remission, whatever you want to call it. But to top that off, one of the, not a real side effect, but kind of popped up was a hernia. And I will get that taken care of in mid-January. Because they couldn't address that until they knew the uh, treatment plan I would go through to combat the cancer. So that's going well. And now they can schedule the hernia and That'd be even better. And guys, if you've got one and you don't want to get a hernia belt, well, I got to thinking, you know, it's like a woman wearing a chastity belt. I don't need that. So I just got a washcloth, rolled it up, stuffed it in my underwear, and that keeps it from popping out. No, I didn't do it to impress the women. Let's just get that clear right now. That's not the whole deal but it works. Now I haven't been able to walk because I don't want to aggravate it. Cuz I enjoyed doing my 2 miles, but that's had to take kind of a back door until this is resolved. So I still try and walk occasionally. Maybe a mile. I just don't want to push it because when it pops out, damn it does hurt. Put me in the hospital for about half a day three weeks ago and it's like I don't want to go through this again I said well just take it easy we'll get this fixed and we'll move on and then there's some other issues that are going to be looked at in the next couple of weeks just basically sending myself to the body shop and I had a major surgery in 2010 and I still think we're having some problems with the hardware in my back, but sit down with the doctors, talk about it, see what's going on. Have them look at this left knee that I destroyed 40 years ago, because that's starting to get loose. But, you know, the one thing I don't like about people my age is they start talking about medical issues. And that's all they talk about. Well, I don't want to talk about what's wrong. I want to talk about what can be fixed and how my quality of life will be after that. That's what I'm looking at. Cause I have a lot more to do and I've only begun. So guys, you know, and I've heard some people say, I don't go to the doctor because I don't want to find out what's wrong. Okay, well, if you've got, say, prostate cancer, and you don't want to find out, well, when your bones start hurting, it's going to be too late. And talking to the doctors and others that have gone through this, there ain't nothing good about bone pain. It is painful. And it doesn't stop. And if they can't stop it, you're going to die. That's simple. You know, that's the only regret that I had with uh, Debbie is did I do everything I could for her? And I'll probably always think about that. Could I have sent her to MD Anderson? I don't know. Would she have gone? I don't know. Could they have cured her? I doubt it, because by that time it was so advanced. I mean, it was just running through her like a wildfire. With my dad and my partner, Larry, yeah, there wasn't anything I could do about that, but because they had already been diagnosed that it was terminal. Larry was not eligible for a liver transplant dad's was just running through him and as was Debbie's but with Debbie you know this was different but could I have made a difference I I don't know and I I just say that because if you guys don't want to get go to the doctor and get checked up because you're a chicken shit well good luck I don't have a problem going to the doctors. I learned this a long time ago. I've had plenty of injuries. I've had pneumonia and bronchitis a couple of times. And as a single parent for many years, I can't rely on someone to tell me you need to go. I had to go to make sure that I was healthy to take care of my children. So for me, it was an easy decision. You don't want to take care of your children. You want them to go live with your ex-wife. Don't take care of yourself. Don't go to the doctor. Don't get fixed. I didn't have a problem with it. It's not that big of a deal. And I don't consider, yeah, the medical industry, it's like any, it's for profit. They make money. But if they save your life, I really don't think I'm going to raise a lot of hell about it and they could let you die. But if that happens, have you completed everything you were supposed to do in your life? I know I haven't not yet, but I will because I have a lot of things to accomplish. And we're getting there. Okay. Well, this has been. I've, I've really enjoyed this. I know I got passionate today. I know I got pissed. All because of one book. Bob Dole and then remembering. Our greatest generation, what they fought for and what they represented, and where we are today. And we are so far off course. It is it is a sad commentary on, and I was wrong, I said 217,000, was 417,000 that died in World War II. Is that right? Well, it was too many, but what they fought for they fought for the United States, the United States, not the Republican, not the Democrat, not the Independent. The United States is what they fought for and died for and sacrificed for. Just like these men and women at the Army-Navy game, which, look at that. It is 13 to 7 Army. This is a good game. These, This is our future at this game. These are the people who will make sure our freedoms and liberties are kept intact, provided politicians get the hell out of the way. And I did mention that earlier about fair share. These, they don't think about their fair share. They think about the citizens of this country as a whole. The whole country. These are the ones that are our heroes. These are our warriors. It's not these guys that you're going to watch tomorrow in the NFL making tens of millions of dollars a year. They are not warriors. They are not heroes. Our heroes are on this field in the Army, Navy, and sadly, the Air Force can't be there, but this is our military. These are the people that will ensure the future of this country, provided we have leaders that understand what this country is about. Leaders like Bob Dole. That were willing to sacrifice everything. It's just like when I met Woody Williams two months ago. He didn't know where Iwo Jima was or Okinawa or Peleliu. He just knew He needed to protect his country and he would go wherever they sent him to do that. And he did it. Desmond Dawes, the last Medal of Honor winner in the Pacific at Okinawa. They went for a higher calling. They went because it wasn't about them. It was about what they believed in and the country they lived in and helping those that couldn't help themselves. That is what this country is so great in doing. But then you get the politicians to get in the way and it all goes to shit. And this stuff about fair share, I hear Biden say that one more, I will go to DC and slap the ever loving shit out of him. What is your fair share? And I've mentioned this before in the movie, in the book, Atlas Shrugged. That's all they talk about, the fair share, fair share. It destroyed the economy. It put people out of jobs. It ruined everything. The only people that were benefiting were those in power. Fair share, what's your fair share, Joe? Joe? You don't even know what it means, but it sounds good. No, it really doesn't. Americans will help each other, but the politicians have gotten in the way, and I love that line in the movie when John Galt goes, get out of the way. And Thompson looks at him like, well, now, you know, well, we can't do that. I mean, we can compromise, but... Oh no, he's not giving up his power. And that's all it is. Fair share my ass. Say it again, Joe, say it again. What's your fair share? Maybe Kyle Rittenhouse is gonna get his fair share when they sue the ever loving hell out of you for defamation of character. That'd be fair share, along with all the networks and newspapers that vilified him. Now, would that wake up the media, and would that start people start looking seriously at uh, exactly what they want? Maybe. but something's got to change. Like I mentioned, who is our Winston Churchill? Who is our Bob Dole? Who is our statesman? Who can put us back on the right track with the right people at the helm? Because what we've got now is not even remotely close. This is nothing. You want to talk about cronyism, you look at the Biden administration. That's all it is. It is a pathetic group of idiots. I wouldn't hire one of them to sweep my parking lot because they'd fuck it up. I don't like that word, but it fit. I'd uh, Fire them. You can't. What do you got? A left-handed broom? And you're right-handed, you can't figure out how to operate it. That's kind of the way I look at our government right now. They got right-handed brooms and they're all left-handed and they can't figure out, oh, how does this work? It's too difficult of a task for them. Extremely difficult. Okay, I don't want to rant anymore, but these are the reminders that uh, they will have their monetization handled by next Friday. I'm sure that Doug and Don have their fingers crossed on this one. That it's all, they're going to hit the buttons and everything's going to work. And there will be great rejoicing, as I would say in Monty Python. But that doesn't mean you can't buy my books. On Amazon, Jeff Dawson. I mean, my favorite is Debbie's book, Love's True Second Chance. And I actually gave out a few copies at the hospital as Christmas presents. The gal just kind of looked at me like, really? And I said, Merry Christmas, Destiny. That was her name. And I'll probably take one to my last treatment Tuesday. And don't have any book signings lined up right now. Haven't heard anything might have to check with Dunstan's because I got a lot of parties coming up this week. See what's going on there. Uh, If you're looking for a speaker that wants to talk about relationships and breast cancer, I am more than qualified to do that. In fact, I sent out emails to all of the sororities and their main organizations A couple of weeks ago for SMU, UNT, TCU, and DBA. Because, gals, I can help you on this one, especially when it comes to relationships and what to look for in a guy. Because if he's just there for the physical attraction, he won't be there if you lose one of your breasts. Because I've heard those stories through the years, and it's really sad. Cause it's really nothing you would think about. I actually talked about that on the right buzz about a year and a half ago. And I asked that couple, so what if Nicole lost one? And she's like, well, I never thought about that. And her husband was like, I had neither. And I said, how would it affect your relationship? In many, it doesn't, but in some it does. And it's not a good, good ending. You know, I do talk a lot of politics on this. And if you like conspiracy theories, things of that nature, Gateway P.O.S., Destination DC, and Target Berlin are the series for you because that deals with government conspiracies of the fourth Reich trying to take over the United States from within. It was a fun one to write. It's very fast-paced. Then I've got a good horror story based on events where I live. It's called Terror at the Sterling. A little Twilight episode. would make a good Twilight episode. Uh, Final Delivery. That's based on World War II. And if there are any hardcore vampire fans out there, and I mean Bram Stoker vampires, not this Twilight crap or Vampire Diaries, and you like World War II, Occupation, Sabotage and the Calbran. Those are the three in that series. That is all World War II, with two vampire clans acting as partisans behind the lines. And I'd like to note a good friend of mine, John Cornelius, is going to be opening a he and his son are going to open a new herbal store, medical marijuana store in Hugo, Oklahoma on the 17th. And he has the posters for the book covers on occupation and t-shirts and they will be selling them there. And I'm waiting to hear back from John to see if he wants me to come up and possibly do a book signing on their grand opening. We'll see how that works out, but they're really cool posters. And finally, if you are having problems with uh, dealing with employees and your management techniques are not working, I have a book called Cutting to the Chase, and that's, it's 108 pages long, but it's all practical and useful information on what I have garnered over 35 years of being in the construction industry and how I dealt with people and how we resolved issues. And there's no bullshit. It's just like this broadcast. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to come in there, I'm going to charge you an affordable rate, but we're going to cut to the chase on the problem, because it just drives me nuts at times. Everybody wants to get in the weeds and ignore the issue at hand. I've seen this countless times, and it drives me insane. I don't do that. I get to the point, what is the problem, and how are we going to fix it? How did we get here? And the minute someone tries to pull a tangent, I just look at them and say, you're still talking. Basically, shut up. You're ignoring the issue. You want to get off in the weeds. We're not doing that. We're here to resolve an issue. We're going to address it, put together a plan and move forward. And that, those tech, that technique worked pretty well in 35 years. I, was, I am a really good project manager. Because I never got bogged down in the details. Just like a good general. You have people underneath you that can take care of different activities. My job is to look at the big picture, get it laid out, come up with a plan, and then see that it is executed, as drawn up. And those people below me, these are your orders. See to it. This is not up for debate. And those that wanted to debate were moved to other jobs for fire. Because now you're in the way. Gee, kind of like our government. It's in the way get out of the way, and let us take care of our lives. It really is that simple when you break it down. And we are done. I, oh, one other thing. I'm not sure about the 25th. That's when this would... That's when the next broadcast would be. That's Christmas Day. And I will leave it up to the listeners. But y'all are going to have to comment if you're going to be around and if you want to do this on the 25th. Because most people are going to be with their family. And do you really want to talk about politics? And it's just I, I don't know if we'll do the show or not. I'm not saying I need a break, but it is a day to spend with your family and just relax and honor the season for what it is. So I'll get with the producers and we'll discuss this, but uh, I am hedging to taking that day off we'll just play it by ear so to all the listeners whatever your religion a merry christmas a happy hanukkah and those are the only two that i'm going to cover and a very happy new year because if i don't do the show on the 25th then the next one would be on January 8th. So have a safe, Merry Christmas. Embrace your family. Call them. Get in touch with friends you haven't talked to. Because as you found out this morning, there was a lot of people in the Tennessee Valley that will not be able... To wish their loved ones Merry Christmas because they have perished in a horrible meteorological event in that tornado. So embrace what you have, be grateful for what you have, and God bless you. We are out. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought. Check out my books at Jeff on Amazon.com, websites, LDDJ Enterprises, and JeffDawsonAuthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook, LDDJ Enterprises Publishing, or email LDDJ Enterprises at gmail.com, or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain.